Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige, and I am so, so excited to be hanging out with you guys again. You guys, this is episode 49. Oh my gosh, I cannot even believe it. That is like definitely 49 more than 49 hours of content that we've been hanging out and chatting and if you are new here or if you've been here for a while, I'm so grateful for you and so glad that you found this podcast and this community. So this week we are going to start off our intro before I introduce today's guest by reading the memory verse. If you do not follow us on Instagram or have not listened in the past, we are trying to memorize scripture together as a community and so I've been posting on Instagram a verse each week and then also reading it here. So this week's verse is Isaiah 41:10, which says, Fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And man, this verse is just so comforting. I love it for so many reasons. But if you are someone who really enjoys memorizing through music or you feel like that helps you, then definitely check out Josh Garrels has a song called Fear Thou Not. And it's basically just this exact verse. It's like a minute and a half. And actually his wife, who is just one of my favorite people ever, Michelle. She was on episodes 32 and 33. Yeah, has become a dear friend and she uh, was on the podcast, which is so fun. I love that connection, but the song is great and this verse is just so encouraging. So I would love to encourage you guys, like don't feel the need to be perfectionistic or hard on yourself if you don't memorize it. But I do think that especially in our fast-paced world and if you're a mom like just not having tons and tons and tons of time to like read scripture maybe or even if you do get to study scripture just like having the word of God written on your heart and your mind and dwelling on it through memorizing can be so helpful I know and has been helpful for me in challenging times. So that is our scripture and now we're going to chat about today's episode. So fun. Today's guest is Amanda Colley and she is someone who I just love following on Instagram and have loved becoming real life friends with through our conversation on here. She is a wife and a new mom. She had her son Florence six months ago and that's just been so fun to watch her motherhood journey. And she's also just like one of the most creative people I've ever come across. I just really resonate with her artistic eye and style and taste. And she is a potter and is great with graphic design and interior design. And so we chat about all those things and also just what it looks like to create a home, especially if you have limited resources, if you're newlywed or if you're renting, you know, some of these limitations can really trick us into thinking that we can't create a home that is beautiful and peaceful and safe, but she speaks to that as well as just the transition that she's experienced in her life. And then we also just talk a lot about early motherhood and how much motherhood changes us and changes our creative process, but how beautiful it is. So I can't wait for you guys to listen to my conversation with Amanda. If you have not already, please make sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. I appreciate it so much. It helps other like-minded women find the show. And if you love the show, you can also share on your Instagram stories and tag us and get the word out more that way. Okay, let's go ahead and jump right in. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking with you this morning. Thank you. Me too. (laughs) We had so much fun chit-chatting already. Um, I think that's just what happens whenever, you know, moms are like 
without their babies for a moment. It's like a certain part of you unlocks as much as it is like sweet and natural and good to be around them. I always feel like whenever I'm not holding a baby, I'm like, oh, this part of my brain just like got activated and I have this fun social time with friends. It's awesome. (laughs) Oh, I agree. When I'm holding him, my brain, I've never had that one compartmentalized part of my brain and then other. It's always everything's all going on, Uh all attached. And now I have this complete mom survival brain of, oh, what did you just say? And then I quickly answer (laughs) and then back to him. (laughs) Exactly. Totally. Well, we got connected through Instagram and I don't know how long exactly I've been following along with you. I think it started with your Honest Flora page, which I think is so beautiful. I'm connected to Greenhouse. The Young Living Girlies, I feel like a lot of them are here (laughs) listening probably. Had a lot of like greenhouse gals on the show, which has been really fun. Then I like found your personal page and a lot of your writings and obviously got to follow along with Mr. Florence coming into the world. And I just love how you share about motherhood and homemaking and creativity. So I am so excited and honored to be talking about all these things today with you. Thank you. Me too. I feel like the beginnings of Honest Flora was five-ish years ago. Wow. I think so that. Oh my gosh. I feel like you've been following along for a little while and yeah, (laughs) a lot of part of me that has ebbed and flowed and changed and yeah, now I have a son who's almost six months old. He'll be six months old tomorrow. Okay. Oh my gosh. All the all the feelings. I feel like he was just All born. All the things. It's funny. I don't know if anyone else relates to this. Please tell me that you do. And I'm not the only one. But whenever you're like following someone or friends with someone and they're pregnant and you know it's like around that time, it's like refreshing. And I actually remember being like, oh my gosh, I'm a daughter <laughs> baby. It's so fun. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I like I completely was off Instagram for like two weeks also. So yeah. I feel like I left a lot of people hanging. Like, uh-huh. was he born? Like what what happened? Is he still yeah. in there? <laughs> Which is amazing, honestly. I think that season is so tender and new. And I sound like an old woman, but like you can't get it back. And I think Mm-mm. yeah, it's holding like this balance of like total excitement like I just had a baby this is the biggest thing that's ever happened and wanting to share it with the world and also enjoying that like secretness and sweetness of it just being absolutely I knew it was going to be sacred but I didn't realize just how intimate and just how sacred it was going to be the whole I mean the whole room we basically he had him in my bed and then we basically didn't leave for three-ish weeks oh, <laughs> um my gosh. and I just felt like when I look back on the memories the whole room felt like white and light and mm. just sweet and there was a lot of hard um he had four oral revisions done in that first week because he had a tongue tied cheek ties uh and the lip tie um so there was a lot of hard. Yeah. <laughs> but when I look back on it still, I I just I I think everything is quite fond and mm. there was such sacredness. This baby was inside of me. It is the craziest experience. Yeah. Absolutely nuts. And you're like, how are you out of me? Just like one day later. It's not breathing, living. Yeah. Yeah. Chilling. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to unpack all of the things, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So for listeners here who haven't followed you, don't know who you are, could you just give us a little intro to like who you are, who your family is, what you do, and where you guys live? Absolutely. Um, I'm Amanda and I am married about eight years this upcoming year to my husband, Jordan. Mm. He is an artist like myself. He's a musician. I am an artist of many things that I could just do with my hands, basically. Um, And then we have obviously our son, Florence, and we have a dog, Moses, as well. We live in uh, Denver, Colorado. As of recent, we moved here a, uh, a little over a year ago Okay, and moved from Virginia, where we lived for about eight years. Wow. Oh my gosh, what a transition. I hope we have time to talk about that because (laughs) I think 
that is such – I mean, transition is always happening in life. I think that's something I'm finally learning to like accept instead of living in the once this happens, then X, Y, Z, you know? But I do think that in your like 20s and early 30s and just as you're like entering um, marriage and parenthood, there are so many transitions that happen often so many in the form of moves as well. And I think a lot of people are just – really in need of like encouraging stories or maybe stories of like the hard aspects of moving because it can be such um, a new lonely thing. So I hope we get to talk about that, but we are first going to start out. Yeah. You said that you're an artist and I would love to just hear like what that has been like throughout your growing up and throughout your life and kind of how that's translated now in motherhood. So I was talking to a friend recently who was on the podcast and said, that she thought she was not very creative because she like wasn't good at drawing in elementary Mm. school, right? And how much that like people can take that on as an identity. Like, oh, I can't draw very well. Therefore, I am not creative. But I want to know like little Amanda, what was (laughs) creating an art and um, working with your hands? What was that like for you when you were growing up in your childhood? I... I really can't remember a time where I didn't feel creative, if that makes mm, sense. Like I yeah. always knew that I loved to make things. I, I, it was my mom specifically did a very good job at fostering that in me as a little kid. She's creative. She's an interior designer. And so I think naturally I watched her growing up and learned a lot from her in the realm of design but also just how to creatively approach day day to day to living. Hmm. And then I remember oh, such a gift. I actually just I recently just thanked her, texted her and I said, Thank you for giving me art hmm. <laughs> because it sustained me over my whole life. Um and I I I remember having my first Kodak disposable camera that yes. I did a You know, I wasn't just like running around as a little kid. I was maybe five or six taking pictures of anything. Like I literally curated an entire photo shoot with outfits and props and all of the things (laughs) and did uh, portraits of my brother and self-portraits of myself. And um, anyways, yeah. So as a little girl, I, I think I just always had that creative bug and I wanted to create and make things. I learned really young. Uh, my mom took me to this precious little, very cottagecore barn that mm-hmm. had this sweet old man teaching art classes. <laughs> and he, I learned pastels. <laughs> oh, such a dream. Looking back, I'm like, wow, that was just beautiful. Picturesque, yes. <laughs> yeah. I was like my little girl self holding a, a rolled uh, canvas tote bag of all of my art supplies. Oh my um, gosh and draw with charcoals and pastels in that class and I I can relate to that I I didn't know if I was good at drawing at the time um but I was learning how to draw three-dimensionally and I was understanding I think that that gave me a really good understanding of how to form things later as three-dimensional three-dimensional objects I then started doing more and more art classes I went to a neighbor's house and I learned how to paint on boutique silks and paint with oils watercolors Mm. I went with my best friend we lived two doors down from each other growing up and we would go there after school and drink tea and paint on silks and like how picturesque was that my little (laughs) tiny self my goodness yes (laughs) all props to my mom and she really helped me do those things. I wanted to do them. And she found outlets for me to learn. Mm. And I would say, as I got into high school, I pursued art. I I did about four years in graphic design. My school had the opportunity to choose like a focus area. Uh, So I learned graphic design in, in an intensive for four years before moving on to college where I later began to study all of that. So Okay. That's amazing. Okay. First of all, uh, we need to have your mom on the podcast because that's amazing. Like (laughs) the fact that – like my mom always says – 
she wishes that she had like, you know, podcasts and just all these resources like when it comes to parenting. And I think that can be both helpful, obviously, but also kind of I've already begun to be aware of like, man, I can easily get caught up in like how everyone else is parenting or how they're like doing this Mm. really creative thing. And I just think it's so, so lovely that your mom went out of her way to like encourage that at such a young age and just the coolest that she's like an interior designer. That's just amazing. But also so rad that you got to study graphic design before even going to college. Were you at like an arts high school or what was that experience like for you? So actually my high school was the International Baccalaureate Program. It had specialized focus areas and I chose graphic design. So rad. And so did you take that from high school and continue studying graphic design in college or what degree did you end up getting in school? I, after I graduated high school, I didn't, as many people do not know what they want to do with their lives. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah. And so I went into hospitality management quickly, went in a different direction and uh, walked into the studio arts building and I ended up getting my BFA in studio art, um, which was a focus in graphic design and screen printing along with some darkroom photography. So you study all sorts of things, but my favorite classes were honestly my art history classes. Oh my gosh. I love like, I don't know, this is a bit different, but I studied abroad and took a fashion theory class and obviously like not the same as art history, but it is interesting to be able to observe like the history of something and the theory of something to understand like, why is it that I gravitate towards this or like, where did this come from? And kind of was like the father of this particular thing. So that's so rad. I think it fosters your creativity so much more than just being thrown into a skill set and trying to learn it. I think you I think you learn so, so much from understanding its history and understanding why things are the way that they are. I uh, studied abroad also. I very bravely one day in my art history class with a friend signed up to go on an archaeological dig in Italy. And it was one of the best decisions of my life. (laughs) And I often say that I like grew up in Italy when I went. Uh, It was my junior year of college. And then also understood so much in the creative world. Hmm. I mean, at the origin, we were 20 20 kilometers outside of Florence. So we were at the origin of so much creativity so yeah okay also hearing you say Florence I'm like oh wait (laughs) I see a connection um maybe not but yeah no I'm sure that place was just like so rich in just like hundreds and hundreds of years of beautiful art oh yeah it truly feels like everyone there is an artist and you walk by the Uffizi Museum and you walk by all these incredible buildings and sculptures and gardens and everyone has their own home garden and they're all bakers and they're all glass blowers or potters or they own cafeterias or it's just it's it's so pretty (laughs) yeah oh incredible have you been back since you studied abroad or is that like a dream in the future we have been back once I took Jordan and we were there for a couple days and just ate our way through the town as we walked through it. And I took him back to the Uffizi gallery, um, took him to some of my favorite spots that were like our go-tos when we were there. It was really fun. Mm, I would go back in an instant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I love that you had this experience um, studying abroad and obviously just your whole life really like growing up and being able to create in so many different ways and also just have these like beautiful formative experiences. And I know I was really blessed to have a college experience and just like a childhood where I was able to be creative as well. But I think where a lot of people get stuck and struggle and can actually get in a really um, 
kind of dangerous territory is when you step into the domestic life and you are home and you have a crying, pooping baby, right? Or um, maybe you aren't even a mother yet and yeah, you're just like working and feeding you and your husband or whatever. And um, you're not in Italy walking the streets where people are baking pastries and playing music. And, you know, maybe you're in an apartment complex in like the Midwest. And um, I think we can really believe the lie that there's not beauty there, that we can't be creative mm-hmm. because our, our circumstances or our budget, you know, as newlyweds or our city. And what I've seen you do is really bring your background and your passion for being creative into your everyday life. And so I would just kind of love to hear maybe how you've done this, how this has changed, you know, because you said you've been married for almost eight years. Just what some of those like harder transitions were like and how you've come to a place of acceptance and embracing like, no, I can be creative right where I'm at in this season of life. So that's a huge question. But yeah, kind of walk us through um, maybe starting with like when you and Jordan got married, what that adjustment I guess was like. I'm asking you like 10 questions at once. My brain is kind of going all over the place. Oh, yeah, you're just writing my story. I, I relate to every word that you've said and the struggle yeah. and the beauty, all of it. Um, yeah. We got married. Yeah, we got married young and we moved into a 500 square foot attic, quite literally an attic apartment and we're broke as a joke. And I, I just... I found a lot when I look back, I do feel like I found a lot of beauty there and I was Mm -hmm. just constantly figuring out how to make our home. I mean, it was our first home together. It was so much fun. There was the struggle of we had moved to a town that I really didn't feel like had a creative, it could, it, it did in small spots, but it didn't really have a creative culture. And I was constantly finding objects or thrifting and bringing them into our house, moving our furniture around within 500 square feet to just make it work, make it new. Yes. Um, I still do this. Like I'm constantly moving the furniture around. I, I often say it's my way of changing the canvas and making mm. things new. Um, yeah. Creating a, just creating a space that feels really freeing and safe um, are two big priorities for me in a home. And you can do that in very simple ways. And I feel like for the first years, we I did that the best that I possibly could. I remember we ended up buying a house pretty early on and it was bare bones. I had thrifted furniture that filled the house. There was barely anything on the walls, but I remember making my own open shelves and I would just change those around with the seasons. I mean, there were so many ways that I could find creative outlets by just going on a walk and like picking a dried bouquet of flowers or yeah, making a thrifted item this very big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm making my own art by just, you know, painting a quick little canvas or something like that. But it's definitely hard Uh, without the time or space or budget sometimes to be able to do that. It really pushes your creativity. And most of the time, that's when a lot of sweetness can come out of it. I have found over the years, uh, there's been some spaces where I've had a lot more time to be creative. Now that I have a child. (laughs) I laugh at myself. I'm like, what did I do with my time? I, I don't know what I was doing. I could have, I could have created a gallery, (laughs) galleries worth of art in that time and space. But you know, you're working a nine to five and you're discovering yourself in your early twenties and it's hard and you're trying to make money and trying to have relationships and form new friendships. You don't know what you don't know. So now having, now being a mom, I, feel like I've become more productive and efficient in a lot of areas. So even in creativity where I I do like to give my creativity breath, uh, I like to let it sit almost, almost I, I like to let it rise kind of like a loaf of bread. <laughs> um, mm, beautiful. Let it proof for a little while. But 
I have expedited that process a little bit or just let things sit on the shelf. So Hmm. I think that's kind of where I'm at right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I love hearing you talk about how there were simple joys and simple ways that you could be creative, like having some open shelving that you could switch around. Like I think we've moved like, I don't know, four times, I think in our almost four years of marriage and being in so many different spaces, I've come to realize like if I just have a few areas of the house that I love or that I can switch around often, then the whole thing doesn't have to be perfect. Then I can overlook this like rusty, gross cabinet or this bad (laughs) paint job on this door. Like I can overlook that because we've only ever rented so far and a lot is just outside of your control, you know, and just having like one shelf that you can style is like really amazing and such a gift. So I love that you reference that. Even in buying, I mean, we ended up in in the in-between of the story. I kind of just grazed over um, our renovation. We did a, we bought a 60s rancher in Virginia and we completely renovated it. And even when you're owning a home, there are certain constraints that you have to look over. I mean, we, Mm. I still think about the laundry room that I wish we could have renovated, but it was, it's just a disaster to this day. And I, I had to overlook it, but we, I was able to focus on the kitchen and things like that and do what we could with what we had at the time to make it a home. Totally. That's so good. Yeah. I remember we were originally thinking about buying whenever we were moving back to Kansas, which is so funny because just our lives have been so tumultuous with all these moves and job (laughs) shifts and whatnot. I'm like, wow, I'm so glad the Lord like closed that door. But yeah, it feels so, I think I'm learning to embrace limits, right? Like limits of my Mm -hmm. own capacity, external limits. Like I used to be like, how can I manipulate the situation to like get what I (laughs) want to create this beautiful, perfect thing? And actually learning to embrace, like I have limited time and limited energy and limited finances. And that can actually like spark even more creativity and opportunities to create something amazing. But it's so hard to like come to that place. So I just remember my parents talking about like, well, if you buy this house, like, you know, it's in this neighborhood and it's in this area and like you probably don't want to put X amount of money into it. And I'm like, but why would we not make it the very best it can be? Like, why not <laughs> renovate the laundry room, you know? And um, yeah, just learning to embrace those limits. And I think that's even helpful for someone to hear who maybe wishes that they were in a season where they owned a home to know that like there are always, you know, going to be at a certain level kind of limits with what you can do. I think it's easy to romanticize like, well, once I like own, that's something I hear a lot actually from people who are renting and like on the West Coast, it's very, 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 I mean, and just in like, you know, cities. Are you guys renting now or did you buy a home? I can't remember when you moved to Denver. We are renting now. We're renting our best friend's house actually in Denver, Colorado. And it has been so freeing. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I was going to say, what has that been like? Because that's not something that I feel like you hear about often is like going from owning to renting. Absolutely. It In the season that we entered into moving – we decided we were going to move when I right when we got pregnant, but I didn't realize at the time. And so we had just finished telling everybody, all of our loved ones, hey, we're moving. And then about a week later, I woke up and I knew I was pregnant. I just, I knew wow. that I was pregnant. I waited until about 10 p.m. that night to take a pregnancy test. <laughs> I was terrified. And uh-huh. So we made the second calls to our loved ones a few weeks later. Oh, and also we are pregnant. And so moving was stressful because I had in my mind, maybe we would buy a house or maybe we would rent. That feels a lot simpler because we don't know where in Colorado we will end up loving, et cetera. So renting after doing a whole house renovation has been freeing because there's not the obligation to constantly have your mind 
think, okay, what project can I work on? Or your Mm -hmm. weekend energies are going towards, you know, laying tile floors or fixing plumbing or crawling under the crawl space. It just, there are, there are pros and cons. And I think what you said about romanticizing it is so true. It is so easy in comparison culture today to feel inadequate in your space and it's just a lie it is a full out comparison lie because Mm. like you said earlier like sometimes the grass can feel greener I I really feel like the grass is green where you water it concept so um so yeah I I've really loved renting I I have a massive renovation bug and I did mention my mom was an, is an interior designer so that's very much yes. in me and I I go on walks in a neighborhood and I'm like I would buy that tomorrow and flip it like I I just yes. I can't wait to do that again but I know right now is not now <laughs> yeah yeah oh my gosh I relate to that so much and I don't have any of that in my background but like sometimes it's healthy and sometimes it's not like I know I'm in an unhealthy place with dreaming and design when I walk into a friend's house and I'm like if I owned this house, here's what I would do. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Lord, save me for myself because that's like real. That's not how I will. You did not give me this gift and this desire for this purpose. That's not helpful. That's hilarious. <laughs> so just confessing that to everyone, please tell me I'm not alone. Let's pray about that together. But You're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you touched on this massive move from Virginia to Colorado. And I just kind of want to hear like you guys spent over five years like building your married lives and community in Virginia. Now, did you go to school in Virginia or how did you end up there? And then what led you to move to Colorado? Yeah. So we actually both are Florida babies. We grew up in Florida, met in Florida, got married in Florida. The day after our wedding, packed a U-Haul and drove to Virginia. Um, because Jordan had started a job in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which is a little south of DC. Okay. And uh, he was a worship leader at a local church there. Nice. And so we quickly started our lives there and were a part of that church for, I believe we right at, like right about seven years. And wow. then I mentioned Jordan is also an artist. He's a musician and he, decided to pursue songwriting full-time um and that was in I want to say we were kind of a part of the 2020 transition moving wave um Mm -hmm. where we went remote both uh fully full-time and we had the capacity to move at that time and we kind of just went for it in we were you know we both could at the time so and since then, yeah. have both been uh, pursuing. He's been pursuing songwriting and writing music, re- releasing albums, etc. Um, and yeah. I've been uh, doing the same, but also, you know, we became parents in the in between too. So <laughs> totally, yeah. Now I didn't even ask you, like, what did you do post grad? What did that look like? Because you have years of being able to pursue like your creative interests and then you jump into the post-grad world Mm -hmm. so how did you go about I'm kind of like switching back for a second but yeah what did your job look like for those seven years when you were in Virginia man transition 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 was my life in those seven years I think you relate a lot um yeah we moved a bunch and just within Virginia, we we ended up moving quite frequently. And then I also had multiple job changes. So I was actually uh, an executive assistant and then a creative project manager uh, for a little while. And, and then I decided that was a little bit too much. I really wanted to pursue something a little bit more creative. Because was that more like managerial kind of stuff? Yes. I'm literally, my post-grad job was like having a baby. So I'm like, what is an executive assistant? That sounds like a business. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like very important, but I don't even know what that job description would be. <laughs> oh, yes. A lot of organization and admin and okay. the uh, complete other side of my brain. 
Um, yeah, yeah. And I was doing that for our church at the time. Okay. So nice. yeah, schedules and I don't fully know what filled my day, but it was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, okay. And I ended up, I think I was collectively in those two roles for two and a half to three years. And then I, we moved to Richmond, which had a really vibrant creative culture. And I mm. was really, really ready uh, to get back into that. And so I cold turkey started applying as an assistant to interior design firms and was writing letters to interior designers in the area saying, these are my skill sets. I really think I can help your business. And someone took me up on it. And <laughs> I started pretty quickly. Um, this was also right around the time that I started on Explora. So I was doing those two things at the same time. Nice. And okay. worked in uh, for an interior designer in the area for, I think, about two years and got so much experience, was a project manager wow. on multiple job sites. She did construction um, design and build, and she was also an interior designer. So wow. I was my executive assistant experience really helped me in that in my project management because you were just wrangling project uh, projects and then also subcontractors you're just on yeah. the phone all the time getting people places and then also being creative. So a little bit both of both sides of my brain. Um, and then I quickly 2020 hit and it has been after that, just a pursuit of being my own entrepreneur self. I was put a lot into young living so that I could stay home at the time. Mm -hmm. And Honestly, having Florence has created some margin for me and I have felt more creative in my own pursuits than I probably ever have, um, but without a lot of time to do it. So yes, that, <laughs> we are. that is like the summary that I think so many women feel. It's like having a child unlocks this part of you that um, like has always been there that God like planted in you when you were in your mother's womb and it's just unlocked and it's new and it's fresh and you can't do anything with it necessarily. You know, it's such a struggle. And I've been so encouraged by hearing women who are older and wiser, who are in their forties and fifties with teenagers be like, mm. time will come like sow the seeds. I'm literally mm. going to like cry thinking about it because mm. I, I want to do everything now. And I'm really yes. in this season of being like, man, if I want to be the mom that like I want to be for my kids and that the Lord designed me to be like, I have to set some things down. And that yes. is hard. But that doesn't mean like he's building so much in these like hidden years where you're at home and rocking like we were talking about before we hit record you're just like rocking and rocking and rocking and rocking and yes. changing and feeding and wiping sticky things and like smelling so bad yes oh my gosh this morning my husband was like sweetheart you're a musk melon like take a shower later today. <laughs> I'm like I don't remember when I showered last like I wish I wasn't that mom but that's like that's my season. That's how he says it nicely is you're a musk melon. Musk melon. <laughs> but yeah, like these women who were faithful to like raise their kids and be at home and support their husbands well and do things that are not glamorous who are now able to write and like share their hearts, things that God planted in them when they were new mothers that are finally coming to fruition. And they're like, yeah. I'm so glad that I was faithful in raising my kids and doing what God called me to in that season because now they're able to do it, to pursue those creative things and to pursue them well. And um, I don't know, I just got on a total soapbox, but I think you That's articulated beautiful. something that I've been thinking about for a while. Yes, that like becoming a mother unlocks this part of you and you don't have the time or the capacity yeah. to do anything. Oh yeah. I I think it, I think in very very early postpartum I I have a an app on my phone. It's called the diary app. <laughs> and I just would 
it just has a, like a day entry and I would jot down anything that would come to my mind because I really felt like I was not going to remember certain aspects of this, but I want to remember some words that I feel like the Lord was just funneling through me. And I remember writing down that there would be words and there would be vis- like visions of objects or, or just colors or, or anything at the time yeah. that I would want to remember later and that it was an incubation period that I was entering, I was going into the dark room and I was leaving my work there and then I was going out and letting it rest and then wow. I was bringing light back into it. In the dark room, that's quite literally what you do is you expose the matter to light and it creates an image. And so I feel like this time, I feel like I'm quite literally a little bit of an image being developed. And there are certain things that I don't know if I'll ever write the poem that is in my head. I don't know if it'll ever Mm. come out, but it's back there somewhere. And I don't know if I'll ever throw the pot that I, I literally can, I can sit here as I'm rocking Florence sometimes and I'm practicing my hand movement as I'm just rocking him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. (laughs) And I I might not ever throw that pot. It might be in the, in the back of my head, but I have to tell myself that these first years of his life and, and hopefully some of my future children, I'm like, is it really worth it for me to try to do both? Is it really, really how much life is after that? I, yeah. I really don't know if it's worthwhile to to do it all. You can't do it all. You just no. can't. And that is the lie that I think we are being told. Like I was just talking to my mentor this morning who is so loving and has been so honest with me about many things. And uh, she's been brave enough and loved me enough to be like, yeah, exactly. You You can't do it all. It's going to distract you or take you away from other things. And I think that is the question. We have the choice um, kind of just in the culture that we're in of being able to work from home and work for your phone. And I'm not trying to bash that in any way, but like you technically can do both, but is it mm-hmm. is it worth it? If you have the option, is it worth, yeah, splitting your attention and your time and all of that? Totally. Man. It's a big question to ask. And there's some, there's, there's a necessary component of, you know, being home and raising your babies and also making money. And it's hard to know. It's, it's really, it's, I think it's a daily changing little bit of a mystery. So totally. And when you're a creative brain, sometimes I say it is a blessing and a curse because (laughs) your mind just takes you on roller coasters. Yes, so true. So what was it like? Because you've been, okay, I don't know what year this would be, but like pre-2020 or around that time you've been like, you guys have been in transition, you've transitioned jobs, you've been married for, you know, like a couple years. Did you, I guess, quote, like decide to start trying? Were you like, okay, I'm ready now? Or were your friends having babies? Or was it a total shock? Like what was that process like for you guys to step into parenthood? Total shock, I would say. (laughs) Okay. Um, We, like I mentioned, we had just decided we were moving to Colorado. Yeah. And in my mind, I don't think I would have done a move while being 10 weeks pregnant driving across the country yeah but that is what happened (laughs) and um I really wouldn't have had it any other way I I say over and over Florence came at the exact right time and Mm. I'm really glad that we we always wanted kids and I think we just we needed time to grow together and we always we knew that and we were around a lot of friends who were having kids and they're like, when are, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? It was a constant question. When are the colleagues having kids? Um, and I really don't regret the years of growing together and doing some personal growth. And at the same time now having him, I have no idea how we waited so long. Mm, (laughs) Um, yeah. So yeah, it was a gift from the Lord, I think, to have him at the time that we did. And 
I remember sitting on the bathroom floor when my pregnancy test basically screamed at me positive and I just very pregnant oh my goodness uh here we go like it just yeah it was wild so yeah well you touched on something really interesting because I think just everyone has such different experiences in in marriage and entering parenthood specifically in the Christian community right because you have some couples who get married and then like three months later they're pregnant and they just like start right away. And then you have other couples who decide to um, like invest in their relationship in a different type of way or people who have like fertility struggles and it's not a choice. And so they're having children, yeah, like multiple years into marriage. Um, Was that like hard for you if your friends were having kids earlier? Did you ever feel, I guess, like kind of pressured or did it feel like comfortable? And I don't know. I've never experienced that because I was kind of on the flip side where we started early. Mm -hmm. But I know it can be really hard for a lot of people. Again, sometimes fertility is a factor and sometimes it's just a conviction that you felt like, no, we are going to wait a while. But yeah, just within the Christian community, whether that's from parents or friends, was that hard for you guys? I actually, it was I mean, there was pressures of, you know, constant questions of like, when are you going to have your kids, basically? Like, I feel like that happens right after you get married. It's like, yeah, okay, all right, when's the kid coming? It's done. Um, But I didn't didn't actually feel a ton of pressure. Um, I think, I think as we got into marriage and we just were really trying to find our footing and trying to find Mm -hmm. ourselves and who we were as a family. I, I, I knew early on that that needed some attention and I, I feel, I feel really glad that we had those years. Um, It's always going to be, I think, I think marriage always requires attention and work. And at least for us, it's, never been just this easy let's just coast on through this it takes intentionality and so yeah I felt I felt that those years were really worth spent in a worthwhile way um Mm. and once he once Florence I feel like became a part of our lives even just in early pregnancy I we were ready and yeah I never I don't think I would have arrived at that, you know, quote of, Yo, you'll, you'll know when you're ready. You know, I don't think I ever yes. was going to get to that point. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was glad it happened the way that it did. Mm, yeah. What do you feel like you've loved most about becoming a mother? And then what has been most challenging? It's a great question. One of my favorite questions, actually. <laughs> I have loved um, how much fun it is. I have laughed with that boy so much. He is a happy, mm-hmm. funny kid. So I have truly laughed so much. Um, yeah. And and being a mom, I really, I've loved how much I've connected to my childhood self. And then also, we touched on this earlier, but there's something in you becoming a mom that just births that you can't fully explain, but I really loved getting to know her. I feel, I feel so much like myself. And for years, I mean, we just talked about the journey that I was on of, you know, job changes and being a creative, nothing that I touched there, or even my spiritual journey, nothing that I have, have touched has been quite like this of mm-hmm. really feeling like I know who I am um, yeah. and, and, and loving this season and getting to know myself as a mom has been, has been really sweet. And then challenging. I love sleep. I desperately, I, I am the friend people know who like, Oh, she loves sleep and I don't get <laughs> sleep very often. So that has yeah. been hard. Um, and also I think I really like to be present in my friends' 
lives, my family's lives, my head, like obviously with my marriage. And I want to put time priorities and boundaries on a lot of those things. And I've had to pretty quickly learn to shift those. And that has been hard because I know that I don't show up as well as I would like to, to, and and as frequently, but Mm -hmm. I also think that goes along with what we're talking about. I think it's okay. Yeah, totally. I feel like as our children grow and require more of us in different ways, um, which is interesting to think about because when you have a baby, they demand all of you almost at all times. But it's like our kids are going to be like, you know, one day they're going to be 16 and like asking really hard questions and that's going to totally demand something different um, and presence in a different way. But I think I am starting to let go of guilt and and sadness of these ideals when it comes mm. to relationships because it's this fine balance to walk of like community is important and like it's so good to like show up and be very like in one another's lives. And also I know I've had seasons where I've overextended myself socially, like maybe I've had needs, but like my children's needs have been greater. And so I feel mm-hmm. like I'm in a season where the Lord has really stripped back community with this move. And I went from having a handful of like amazing mom friends, same age. My kids are their kids' ages and like love the Lord. And we're just like going to the zoo like all the time, just like doing all these things. And now I know like zero people and I'm just here with my family unit. And it's like, no, that's good and people understand and it's okay. But I think sometimes it's even more sad for us than it Mm -hmm. is for other people. Like I think other people get it. Whenever I'm like apologetic to a friend, like I'm so sorry I haven't reached out. Most of the time they're like, I get it. You have babies. Like it's fine. You know, I'm busy. You're busy. But I think it's like accepting that for ourselves and accepting those limits is. Oh, absolutely. I have found myself time and time again saying, I really want to say yes. Thank you for the invite. Please keep inviting. I just yes. can't right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that I that's so brilliant that you say, please keep asking because, yeah, we can so easily send a message to someone that like, oh, they'll probably say no. But I've found that, especially with friends who maybe aren't in that season of parenthood yet, um, when they keep inviting, it just means the world. So good. Oh, yeah. I've even reached out to friends when I was that friend and they were going through the early stages of momming. And I've said to them, I, I can't believe you showed up at some of the things that I invited you to. I'm impressed with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was inviting you to a dinner party at 7 o'clock. What was I thinking? How funny is that? Oh my gosh, yes. I like took Julia on a bachelorette weekend to Waco last year. And it's just wow. so funny because I was like the only one, you know, with the baby and you make it work. But we were like going out to dinner at 8 p.m. No one had thought twice about it. And I'm like, okay, we're just going to make it happen, you know. <laughs> You'll sleep in the stolly. <laughs> yes, exactly. God bless baby wraps and things. You know, I actually found – uh Juliet's been going down like kind of poorly at night. She's been like wanting to party until 9 p.m. And this is like completely unrelated. But our home, thankfully, is has like a big enough living room space. So I've been walking her in the stroller in the house at night with all the lights off, just in oh. circles. And you guys, it's been so amazing because she will just like conk and Every baby is obviously different, so that's not prescriptive. But sometimes I'm like, ugh, I'm so tired. I can't rock her anymore. I don't want to get out in the minivan and drive laps. So I just strollered around the house. It was awesome. That is awesome. That is genius. (laughs) Yeah, that's a non-pro tip for anyone. But yeah, just kind of along these lines of expectations, what like encouragement do you have for a mom who maybe is, yeah, like what do I even do with like my days? You know, maybe she was used to having tons of free time to sew or um, to throw or to take photos or whatever it is like, and suddenly her time is not her own. How have you kind of reckoned with that reality and still Mm -hmm. 
you know, we're talking about you can't do it all, but how have you still found ways to like be creative in your days with Florence? Yeah, I lowering lowering your expectations completely. Yeah. Um, and then being creative with what you have, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. It you you might have two little kids that are, you know, wanting to do at house activities and maybe you make them a coloring book by your own sketches and they get to color your sketches or just just doing things outside of the box that are mm. you're actually getting it out you're getting your creative bug out of you but you're doing it in a very different way and i think the thing that immediately comes to my mind that i've had to wrestle with is to come from a posture of not striving or becoming with with your creativity yeah, because I think it's very easy the moment you open a social media app to take that on and put that hat on of oh I'm creative I could do X Y and Z you know I'm just at home with my babies but I think it's a really slippery slope um, to to start putting yourself in that seat and if you're yes. having that urge maybe just start creating for the sake of creating mm. and and see what happens with it and having fun with it. Um, And I think coming from a artist married to an artist, we have, I don't, we don't do this well every time, but we both get it. And so we try to make time for each other to create. And so that could be 30 minutes where, you know, he'll go down in the basement and he'll write for a little while or, you know, I'll say, I'm going to, I'm going to shower and I'm going to throw for 30 minutes. And that might, you know, it's not going to look like this wonderful picturesque two hours of throwing at the wheel. I might not even get something out of it, but I've touched play. So, um, yeah. yeah, Asking for help if you need the time. Mm, I second that actually. My husband is a worship leader and an artist as well. And it's it's hard, especially when it feels like someone has a project that they're in the middle of, or if it feels like someone has gotten like more time than the other person. But I think, yeah, over communicating, even like going into the weekend, like, hey, I'm really hoping to do this thing or how can like, do you want to take a walk with the kids? And then whenever you get back, like we'll trade or whatever. I think that's like huge. And when you like offer that time for them as well, even if they're just going to go like see a friend or something, I think that's huge. I agree. I don't know if you could hear my sweet baby squealing. (laughs) I know. I heard, I didn't know if he's home. Okay. So obviously- Flow flow is a huge part of your inspiration, but where else do you draw inspiration from these days? I it's a great question. I love Pinterest. I think that's it's so yes. funny. I feel like it's the <laughs> I'm a Pinterest girly. Um, yep. <laughs> I I like truly when I was a kid, I like did analog Pinterest. Like I would go through magazines that would come in the mail and I would just pick out certain things cut out certain colors in like little squares and I would add them to a you know board and I still do that I I love coffee table books and Mm. um magazines that I can flip through that I've seen the same image over and over but I think I think if I am in a different season there's different things that'll pop out to me yeah yeah um so those are fun and I feel like other than that, it, getting outside every day has been helpful. Mm, yeah. Um, and I'm assuming it's already like quite cold there. So you have all the like cozy layers and things. It, it is. Denver's weather is is crazy. You Right now, you have to be prepared for a 60 degree morning and then the sun to get you into a t-shirt and shorts in the afternoon. So Yeah. Oh, that's so it's nice. It's both hands. Yeah. What a gift. I love that. Okay. Well, this has been just like the best time. I love how natural this has felt. I feel like I would describe it as like a first date almost because (laughs) most people are like Instagram friends or people I've been following along with. And we've like had, you know, little conversations here and there replying on stories like your baby's so cute. Your house is so cute. But then it's like this moment, you know, where, yeah, it's kind of like a first date, a little nerve wracking, but we've just 
had such a great time chatting about so many things. Such a good time. Yes. You want to go on a walk tomorrow with the baby? <laughs> That's how I feel. I'm like, oh my gosh. I can date. I know, right? Well, yes, I, my husband, I think I've said this here before, but he's really challenged me because he's like off social media. So Instagram friends are so like kind of funny to him, kind of odd, but he's like, you just need to get all of your Instagram friends' phone numbers and just call them and make them real life friends. So I think (laughs) we're going to have to do that. Continue the conversation. I love it. But what are three things that you have been loving lately they can be totally random uh my three are definitely probably going to be random gilmore girls yes i have been You're watching faithful gilmore watcher. girls uh, no i i mean yes and no but as of late i am re-watching all the way through yeah it's so cozy it is so cozy but i don't think i've watched all the way through before i definitely was like okay. a here and there in my childhood yeah. So, loving Gilmore Girls. Um, it's like the I ultimate fall loved- activity, I feel like. Yes. And I have been also, as a very recent, loving uh, this album called Vulnerability by, I think you call, I think his name is Strawn. Okay. His artist name, S-T-R-H-A-N. Nice. Um, or, I don't know if I spelled that right. Um, and then what else have we been loving? Probably, uh, that was very loud. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're totally fine. Florence dropped a nice, beautiful, primitive wood bowl. Everyone just being a little cherub flying around. (laughs) And then I've been loving scrambled eggs with a lot of butter and cheese in the morning. (laughs) um yes oh my goodness is he eating solids yet i can't remember he's like almost six months but he is he is trying he's trying all sorts of things he's had mango and avocado banana he loves banana Mm. um butternut squash we tried a cucumber it didn't work so well yeah um so we're getting there he 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 just got his first tooth and so he is loving those little freezy pops on his tooth yes the teething is real oh it is so real i saw that you um shared about like the highland like oral tablet things um which we love they're like tiny cold tablets for like runny noses and coughs and stuff so i'm gonna have to check those out because juliet has literally been biting my leg and my shoulder like she just feasts on me like a chicken leg like flora no. never did that but she just will like go after me like a oh yeah crocodile. i can tell a major difference with them they're super helpful like lifesaver helpful. yeah okay that's so good well i will check into those how can we as a community be praying for you oh man always just a, always a prayer for my family and marriage i mean mm-hmm. i'll always take that and i feel like to hear from the lord in this season of busyness mm. uh is it and, and and for us as a family to hear together i think is a good little prayer going into this season especially as we're headed into holidays and all of that stuff. I feel like having a six month to a one year old is only going to get busier and crazy. So having the space to slow down. Totally. We'd love to partner with you and praying for that. And yeah, I think just there are like a million decisions all the time, whether that's in parenting or in like yeah, just life. I feel like uh-huh. the decisions only add up. And so we'll definitely be praying for you guys. Oh, yeah. I feel like decision fatigue can happen really fast. Yes. <laughs> if, yes. It's by like 9 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll be praying for you guys in that. And Thank where you. can people find you and connect with you? Oh, the good old Instagram. I am Amanda Michelle Colley. Michelle is spelled kind of weird, M-E-C-H-E-L-E. And 
I think there's probably links on there. You can find me elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. We'll link that in like the show description and stuff too. Also, Kali is the cutest last name. I'm so glad you said that. I for sure thought it was just Cole. So I'm glad you said that because I would have intro that so wrong. <laughs> oh, that's so fun. It's truly spelled. My my father-in-law always says it's like the dog Kali. It's spelled Kali without the I. <laughs> yeah, that's the cutest. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I wish everyone could see Flow Flow right now. Just like a little jumping bean. Hi, buddy. But this was such thank a special. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yes. So glad you came on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Love in a Cottage. I'm so grateful you decided to join us today, and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged, understood, and inspired. Here are a few ways you can connect with our community and support the show. So the first way is to share the show with a friend. This is actually how most people find our show, and I am so thankful every time you do this. You can text them a link, or you can also share the show on your social media. This ultimately helps the algorithm get our show to more like-minded women who can find our community. And I also just love reading through your comments. They mean so much to me and are so encouraging. And finally, you can actually donate to the show by Venmoing Paige Geidel or sending via PayPal to hello at pagegeidel.com. I'm currently working on getting a website up and running, so this is more official, but it does cost time and resources and energy to create the show. And even just $5 helps so much with all of the monthly fees and time. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'm so thankful for you and we will see you next week for another episode.